Welcome to the Messiah Podcast. We are so glad you tuned in today. Whether you are driving, doing chores, or taking a walk, we hope the Lord quiets your head and your heart to hear truth and be challenged through His Word. Without further ado, let's dive into the message. Grab a Bible and start turning over to Luke chapter 1. We're going to look at a familiar story of Mary and Joseph. But while you're turning to Luke 1, whether on your phone, your iPad, whatever you got, or a Bible, in fact, if you'd like one of those Bibles that you just picked out, um, take it home with you as our gift to you. I want to ask you a question. Why are you here today? I want you to just think about that for a minute. Why are you here? Maybe because somebody invited you. Maybe because you have to be here. If you're a child, your parents are like, you're going to church. Maybe it's your birthday. We have a birthday boy today. And uh, why are you here? I want you to really think about that. Why are you here today? Ponder that. And I want to zoom out for all of us for just a moment. Because like, almost like Google Earth, how you kind of zoom out before we zoom in. We're going to zoom out for a moment. I think deep down, there's, we're all intrigued at the Bible. And if you think about what we're intrigued about most, is it's all of the interactions with God and his people. We're intrigued by creation. How could God speak and things get formed with a word? That's incredible power. And I know there's people that, no, 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 it's evolution. It's millions of years. It all took time to kind of evolve that. I think you're going to find that there's really two camps. There's either a camp with God or there's a camp without God. But I think we're here because we're intrigued. Like, how could God do that? How can God speak and a son show up? How? That's beyond our comprehension. But let's keep going on. We're intrigued with Adam and Eve. They got to walk with God. How incredible was that? Noah, God's showing up in Noah's life, creating an ark, making an ark. I mean, think about Abraham. God says, I want you to leave your country and go to this place called Canaan, which is now the land of Israel. Think about Isaac. Isaac sends, you know, Isaac gets a wife from Abraham's hometown. Servant goes and He's on a mission. God, I need your help. I've got to find a wife for Isaac. And God provides it uh, in an amazing way. The story of Jacob. You know, where Jacob wrestled with the angel. And then Jacob is told years later, go to Egypt because your son Joseph is there and he's second in command. Or David. David and Goliath. David chosen to be a king. Jonah, who doesn't really believe about this stuff. And so he has to spend a few days in a whale. Why are we intrigued by all these stories? And I'm just scratching the surface. Why are we intrigued? Because it's something about the divine breaking into this world. And we're intrigued by it. Why does Christmas intrigue us so much? God becoming a human being? That's incredible. It's beyond comprehension. How could God, who can speak the world into creation contain himself in a human being. But then we see it in all the miracles. You know, it's, it's the divine and the human. And if you've ever heard you say when something happens in your life, well, that was a coincidence. What are you really saying? Huh, there's something about this. It wasn't by chance. There's something more to this. Is it possible that it's the divine and the human 
And then I think it comes down to our personal lives. This is why we're all kind of like, like intrigued by this. Could God actually do something in my life? When I pray, does God actually hear me? Will God actually answer my prayer? And now I had an interaction between the divine and a human. Why is this intriguing us so much? We want it to be true. And it is true. I'm not doubting this. It is true. But for us, it's just like, we want to know God exists. We want to see God. God's like, just go outside. I was walking this morning. The moon was phenomenally gorgeous. Created by God. The snow on the ground was amazing. The patterns. It's incredible. God interacts in our lives on a daily basis working through nature. But God works in our lives whispering, gentle, guiding, leading. You praying to God. God answering prayer. God, I need help with this. God provides that help. And the more sensitive we are, to God's moving, the more that you're going to see God. And if you think about it, we're getting ready to celebrate Christmas. That was God's idea. God's the one who gave a gift. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So, see, what is our world doing? Well, let's turn the gift-giving of God into a gift-giving for Christmas, and let's forget about God, but let's take the gift-giving part of it. You realize it has no meaning outside of Jesus? Christmas has no meaning outside of Jesus. The very word is Christmas, celebration of Christ. That's what Christmas is. But you see, this is what's going on in our world, our whole world, and it's not new. It's been going on ever since creation. If somehow I can get rid of God or believe that God really doesn't exist, then I can do whatever I want to do. That's the bottom line. But if God exists, then maybe my life is more about God and God's purpose for my life. We pray it every Sunday. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're praying that God's will would be done here on earth through us. That means we're involved in this will of God, this plan of God. We're already involved. So either we're involved in the plan of God, or there is no God, and there is no plan, and there is no purpose, and there is no hope, and there is no meaning. And you live, you die, and that's all there is to it. But if there is this other side, my goodness, that's why we're here. We're here to worship this God, but we're here to hear from this God. And what does God want from us? How does he want us to live? And, it's, and it couldn't be more fascinating. But, but see, faith, let's define what faith is. Faith is the assurance of what we hope for. The things yet that are, that are unseen. Like you can't see God. If I said, do you see God? No. No. I can see God in a lot of things, but do I visually see God? No, but it, that, that doesn't mean I can't believe in Him. And see, it's really simple. It comes down to so simple. We either believe 
that God is the creator and God exists, and that we're created with meaning, purpose, life, or else we're going to say God doesn't exist, and if God doesn't exist, then enjoy life, because it's it. There is nothing. And I think that's why we're here, because it's just like we know. We know that God is here. Now we want to know what's God's plan for my life. I want to know where God fits into my life, and we're going to see another story about this today. But it requires faith. What is faith? Let's unpack that. It means that we believe something to be true that we can't see. We believe the Bible to be true that God is, exists. Because here's a fact. God is not going to wow you to believe. God's not going to do a song and a dance so that you go, whoa, now I believe. Because of what God did. No. John wrote this. John at the end of his book, the Gospel writer John, said these are written so that you might believe and that by believing you might have life in his name. That's why those were written. That's why he wrote it so that we can believe it. But now for us, it's just like, wow, okay, so what is this life about? It's about God and it's about God creating us with a purpose. Jeremiah 29, 11 said, God says this, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's God's purpose. That God doesn't want us to be hopeless without Him. He wants us to be hopeful with Him and knowing that we're alive. If you're breathing today, God has a purpose in your life. And God wants us to keep seeking Him. I hope that's why you're here. All right, now, this is a preface to getting into this text for today. Because here's what I, I think you're going to see. I would love for you to see in this. That one, you have to believe. Because if you don't believe in the existence of God, if you don't believe God is real, none of this will make sense. That's the first thing we have to do. Second, and this is where it comes to each one of us. Remember I told you I'm going to zoom right in now. Do we believe, and that's a question, do we believe that Jesus came into this world to save sinners? Us. To save us. But two, are you willing for God to work in your life? Be careful how you answer that. Because you can say, I'm willing, God. Well, we're going to see with Mary, it wasn't quite so easy. Because here's the third thing. Typically when God calls us to follow him, or wants to interact in our life, there usually is a cost. I can't think of any time there's not a cost. When we look at Abraham, God said, follow me. And Abraham had to leave his hometown. And he had to go follow God. See, there's always a cost to following Jesus. And there was a cost for Mary. And we'll see part of what that cost in a moment. So if you've got your Bible, let's look at Luke chapter 1. And we're going to see how 
this angel came to Mary. So Luke 1, find verse 26. In the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. Okay, let's just pause there. I'm going to keep pausing along the way. The sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. The Bible says, you can look it up, it's earlier in Luke. The Bible says that Elizabeth was very old. God didn't tell her how old she was. She was very old, well beyond childbearing age. God came through Gabriel to Zechariah and said to Zechariah, your wife is going to have a, a baby. He didn't believe it. And because he didn't believe it, so remember that's that first thing, he didn't believe it. He couldn't speak for nine months because he didn't get the first thing right. He, he didn't believe it. He didn't believe what the angel said to be true. Like, I don't even believe it. You know, much less having an angel come to you and tell you something like, I mean, think about it. Angel comes to him, tells you something. I don't believe you. How crazy is that? But he didn't believe, so he couldn't talk for nine months. And then after the child was circumcised, which is John, he started to speak. What's the first thing out of his mouth? Praise to God. Because now he believed it to be true. So he went from unbelief to belief. That's the first step. Okay, so back to Mary. So the same angel, Gabriel, comes to Mary. She's a virgin. Pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Two times the angel said, you have favor. Now, is that strange? No. Because at the end of the service today, we're going to have a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with what? Favor. That's from Deuteron uh, Numbers chapter 6. That God, if, if you go to number six, and you can look this up yourself to that blessing, it says whenever that blessing is spoken, God hears that, and God does it. God blesses us. So when you pray for God's favor, God does it. It requires belief. So when you get the blessing today, and God says, he will look upon you with favor, and he will answer that prayer, do you believe that to be true? So he came to Mary, and the angel said, Mary, you've got God's favor. You're highly favored. You have God's favor. And she was troubled by this. She was troubled by, I have the favor of God? Here's the promise now. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great. And we call the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, I want to jump, because remember the, the second thing was, you have to believe it, but then 
you have to be willing. So if we jump down for just a moment at the verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. She was willing. That's such a key. Because if you want God to work in your life, have you told God you're willing? I think he'd love to know that. Instead of God coming and giving you an opportunity to do something and then you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm not willing. Why don't you tell God you're willing? But I'll tell you what, that's going to be a dangerous prayer. Because when you say to God, I'm willing to be used by you, God might surprise you and say, all right, here's what I want you to do. So tell God you're willing and then watch for that opportunity that God provides for you. And it could be something simple. could be helping somebody. could be something a little bit more difficult. Whatever it is, does God know you're willing? Mary was willing. See, why does this intrigue us? I'm going to go back to this. Zoom out for me. Why does this story intrigue us? She was visited by an angel. And then she was told she's going to get pregnant. And we're going to find out, you know, she's wondering, how that, how's that going to happen? Because she hasn't slept with Joseph. How's she going to get pregnant? So there's a miracle happening. And this is why we're intrigued by this. Like, wow, this young girl gets a visit from an angel, gets pregnant without normal human interaction, and then has this baby that is now the Son of God. And we're intrigued by it. But you know what? That same story God wants to repeat in our life. God wants to visit us and say, I would like to be part of your life. Do you believe me first? Two, are you willing to have me part of your life? And are you willing to do what I'm asking you to do? And if you want to see the miracles of God, then there's a stretch. See, you don't need a miracle. If it's so easy to do without God, you don't need a miracle. Right? But if it's something that's like, well, that's impossible, that's where God steps in. God does the impossible. God oftentimes doesn't ask us to do something that we don't need him for, because we can do it without him. God will ask us to do the things beyond us. Like, I, I, I can't do that, God, exactly. That's when we see the divine interacting in our life. But that's frightening. It's frightening. Just like Zechariah was frightened and didn't want to believe it to be true because that's a big step of faith that he's going to be a parent at 80 years old or 90 years old for the first time. That's frightening. I, wouldn't you think so? I think I'm 58. I think it'd be frightening at 58 to have a child. Can't imagine being very old, whatever that means. And then having a child, he was frightened. But God does the impossible, and we're intrigued by it. But God doesn't give us these things so that we're going, wow, that's a cool story. Awesome. No, God gives us these stories so that we might believe, and not only that we might believe, but that we might say, God, do it in my life. I want to be part of this plan of yours. I want to, I want to, I want to do what only you can do. And that's hard. All right, so Mary, you can't help her thinking this. Uh, how will this be? I'm in verse 34. 
How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. See, there's the impossible. She was told she couldn't, but God did. That's why we love this story. But when it comes to us, it gets a little frightening. See, but there's a cost to Mary. There was a cost. She didn't realize it, but there was a cost. She was going to watch her son be crucified. That's a cost most of us couldn't bear. We could never bear that cost. We couldn't. So Mary experienced the greatest miracle of all time. She got pregnant without the help of a husband or a guy. But she also paid the highest price to watch the son at 33 years old be crucified. That's a pretty big price. But then she got to watch the miracle of him rising three days later. That would be beyond comprehension, wouldn't it? The son that you watch get crucified, biggest heartache a mother could ever experience, comes back to life three days later. And she got to celebrate that. So see, I want, I want to go back to our life for a moment. Let me ask you those simple questions. When we read the Bible... Do you believe it to be true? Because if it's true, then that may be why you're here. That you don't want to just live stories through other people. Golly, that's like social media, isn't it? Watching everybody else live their life. But we want it to be not only true, factual but we want it to be true for me for you like God do in my life what I see you do in others lives change me to be more like you I want to watch you in my life move. And what God does in my life, it'll never make something like the Bible. But it doesn't mean God can't move extraordinarily in my life and in your life. And it means that there are times that God will put you in places that are very difficult that only God can answer. And you're going to beg with God and plead with God to intervene. And when God intervenes and you see that miracle, just recognize there's a cost. 
It might be a lot of pain. And you might pay the price beforehand of the pain and suffering, and then God intercedes. God does something miraculous. But I would, I would encourage you this morning, if you believe this to be true, the scriptures, then take the next step and tell God, you're willing, I'm willing. I'm willing to be used by you, God. I want you in my life. I want you to intervene in my life. I want you to be part of my life. I want, on a daily basis, I want to interact with you so that it's, it's the divine interacting with you in your life. But recognize that when a cost comes because of God doing that, that you don't shy away and say, I didn't know that, I wouldn't have said yes. Know that there might be a cost before or after, there might be that cost. And that's when you just say, God, help me through that, whatever that is. It's incredible. It's what Christmas is all about. Can we go back to that? Advent means the coming of Christ. That's what we're in the season right now. We're waiting for Jesus to come back again. And while we're waiting, we're living life with a purpose with God so that when God returns someday, when Jesus comes back, the Bible says he's coming back, Imagine if God says to us, so what did you do? He already knows. What did you do with your life? What did you do? And he just wants to know that our life was really used in a relationship with him. But he already knows it. And that's when the fun of life begins because we get to interact with the divine. We get to interact with God. That's what Christmas is. That's why we celebrate it. Well, let's pray. Lord Jesus, when we look at um, Mary and Joseph, and we're just intrigued, and the story goes on, Joseph is about to divorce Mary because she's pregnant. That's a high cost for him too, until you met with him and told him, don't do that because this is of you. And God, they paid a cost as a young couple. A lot of people shaking their heads. She's pregnant, out of wedlock, a lot of stuff going on back then. It wasn't easy for Mary. But God, you never said following you was going to be easy. In fact, you said it's going to be hard. So, Jesus, we just want to say thank you for coming into this broken world of ours to save us. And we want you to know we're willing. We're willing to follow you. We're willing to serve you. And when the cost comes, Lord, just help us, whatever that is. But we're just so grateful, Jesus, that you're in our life. We're so grateful that you saved us. We're so grateful with unspeakable joy that there's a place for us in heaven. We invite you, Jesus, come into our world. This Christmas, come into our lives like never before. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you are challenged and encouraged to walk in truth in your everyday. 
Please share with friends and family, and we can't wait to have you next time on the Messiah Podcast.